Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the fourth day of the week of in God's created order. Wednesday, December 13th, 2023rd year of our Lord, and we begin this morning with our friend from WorthyNews.com, George Whitten. And he writes, friends, God is not finished with the Jewish people or with you. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house and Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the day that I took them by the hands to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. George writes, As I traveled across the U.S., I occasionally come across uh, came across individuals who didn't believe that Israel and the Jewish people were relevant to God's redemptive plan. Amazed, I would show them this passage in Jeremiah for telling how God would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This scripture, an Old Testament foundation for our entire New Testament, was addressed to the two houses of Israel. Yet, its fulfillment in Mashiach, Yeshua, Jesus, was received by only a significant remnant of them. At this first come, at his first coming. The Apostle Paul, however, unequivocally affirms the, that this initial remnant of saved Israel carried the messianic revelation to the entire world and that revelation would eventually to be returned to the Jewish people in full measure. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. And so all of Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sin, Roman eleven twenty five twenty seven, And interestingly, Israel's future inheritance in the new covenant is highlighted as well by ancient rabbinical commentaries on Jeremiah 31, 31 to 32. When the time of the advent of the Messiah will be near, then the blessed God will say to them, with him I will make a new covenant. And this is the time I will acknowledge him as my son, saying, This day have I begotten thee. Medesh, Telehim, 3-4. Indeed, ancient rabbis saw in this scripture that the 
new covenant was connected with Psalm 2 and would be ushered in by the Messiah who would be God's own son. Hmm. Another ancient rabbinical commentary on Jeremiah 31, 31, 32 says, he will sit and expound the new Torah teaching or instructing which he will give through the Messiah. So the testimony of Yeshua, the Son of God, came through the Tanakh, Old Testament, Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, which are the scriptures of the Jewish people, and is even supported by rabbinical commentaries. In addition, the entire New Testament, with the possible exception of Luke, was written by Jews. This people, blessed of God in so many ways, and chastened according to their disobedience is still quite relevant to God's plan. His gifts and comings are, and callings are irre- irrevocable. Romans 11:29. Friends, God has not finished with Israel or the Jewish people and thanks and praise him for the faithfulness of the promise because if he remains faithful to such a disobedient nation, He will also remain faithful to all who call and chosen through the revelation of Israel's Messiah, you and me. Your family in the Lord with much agape love, George, Bagrevka, Obadiah, and Lena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for it. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you open our hearts this morning. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you be with electronics, be with our health, be with everything that um, hinders us, open up our hearts to the truth this morning, guide the speaker in it, guide those listeners to discernment. And these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And, wow, wow, what a week. It was um, audio difficulties on Wednesday, sickness Thursday and Friday. Uh, yesterday was audio problems. And, and really, I'm thankful. I really am praised be to God because um, – I really didn't have a grasp on on what I was teaching, really, on this. I I did, but it was hard for me to articulate. So thank you, Bob, for letting us know that the 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 screwing up of the audio. But let's let's go back and let's let's pick it up from the top. Matthew twenty two one it says here. Jesus spoke to them again in parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to the king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and he sent out slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared a dinner. My oxen and my fatted livestock are all butchered, and everything is ready to come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way. One to his own farm, another to the business. The rest seized the slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king, but the king was enraged and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set fire to, uh, fire to the city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those who are invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as um, as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good. And the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. 
But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in the wedding clothes. Uh, and he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness, in the place there will be weeping in the gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So set aside for a moment all you know about the church at this time. Set aside the fact that we, we, the bride of Christ is going to be taken up with the Lord. He's going to be in the Lord. Um, that we are in the insertion of history where the church is going to be placed. Um, at this point, there was no concept. At this point in history, there was no concept of a, a, um, that history was including a, a mystery. A, a, a church at this point is a mystery to the Jewish mind. And, um, they had no concept of the church, the body of Christ, that was the first to begin in the upper room. Somewhere, I, I don't know which day you are in the Passion Week, but within 50-some days, 52, 53 days, 54 days, um, there is going to, um, probably about 55, but 55 days, is there's going to be 120 individuals, uh, up believers, up and believers, up in the upper room. And at that point, they're going to receive the the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be then that the church age is going to begin. Church age is an assertion to the biblical timeline, and it's a it's a it's a period of time not belonging to Israel. It's a period of time exclusively to, for the forming of the body of Christ. This is we live in a time where the Holy Spirit is calling out. The bride. Um, isn't it interesting? This is a side note. Let's think about this yesterday. When you're looking at, um, when you're looking at the, uh, the Great Commission, it's go out into all the world and make disciples. It's not to go out into all the world and invite people into the, uh, to, to be saved. It's not, and I'm not saying we don't evangelize. Don't get me wrong on that. But it's not saying that we don't go out and evangelize, but it doesn't, that's not the commission. The commission is to go out and make disciples, bring them into the classroom, teaching them all the things that were taught to the disciples and, um, and, and to learn this wonderful book of ours. Our, the, the, our main objective are, is to be disciples, learners of God's word. So Israel has a prophetical timeline. We tried to look at this yesterday, and we're not going to go too deep into it today, but just to mention it, well, we'll go to it. But uh, we find in Daniel 9 that there is a prophetical timeline of 100 or 490 years. This was, We find this, oh, oh, um, it's kind of screwing up there. Anyway, uh, but we find this back in Daniel. And um, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, let's go there. Daniel 
Daniel 49, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and for the holy city to finish transgression and make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, the prince, there will be seven years and 62 weeks, or I'm sorry, seven weeks and 62 weeks. Coming to 70 weeks, this is the 70 week pro, um, prophecy. And a week um, is an element of seven. And a week can be Days, which we are pretty much accustomed to. So a week, we say, is seven days. But a week can also be a seven years. And this is what we're seeing here. And so you multiply it. Seventy weeks were decreed. Uh, Seventy, uh, So 70 weeks, 70 sevens end up being 140 years. And so the Messiah, that the the until Messiah, the prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in the times of distress. Talking to the temple. And then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince, who is to come, will destroy the city and sanctuary. And it, its end will come with the flood, even to the end. There will be wars and desolation determined. And he will make a covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abomination will come one who makes desolate, even until the complete destruction. Um, one, um, even until a complete destruction, one who is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. So, when we're looking at this timeline, it's a continual timeline. It doesn't, um, there's, we don't, uh, the, in the prophecy, there's no break in it. It's, we're not told what goes on between the, the, um, between when, when, when the Messiah is cast out, when the, the prince is cast out. Means that he's, um, when he's cast out, it means he's cut off. He has come to offer the kingdom and, um, and it is rejected. Okay. So seven weeks, it can be seven days or seven years. Seventy weeks, um, will work out to be a hundred and ninety years. They do have this timetable. So in the fullness of time, when Jesus comes, it's not early. It's not late. The Jews knew it was coming. They um, they anticipated the Messiah. This is why it was excited. They were excited about uh, John the Baptist. What John the Baptist was teaching. They were excited about what Jesus. They were excited what happened to Zacharias and and the temple. Things were starting to happen, um, and it was time for things to begin to happen. We're in the Christmas season right now, um, and. And generally, those who were um, looking and watching, and they were watching, 
that the time was near for the Messiah to come, the prince who were, was going to, to establish his kingdom. So then what happens? I'm going to go up. I'm going to go back and read this part again. And so, so you are to know to discern that from the issuing decree and restore the rebuild of Jerusalem, the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It, it will be built again in the plaza moat, even in time of distress. Now here we go. Then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off. That means he's cut off. He's rejected. He's, he's cast out. And, um, and have nothing. And Jesus, when he was crucified, he had nothing. Not even, well, nothing means nothing. He died as a criminal naked upon the cross. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. This is AD 70. And as a consequence of the rejection, um, that as a consequence of the rejection, the time with, with the rejection of the um, rejection of Jesus, the prince, the consequence was AD 70 when there was the destruction of the temple. And um, so not the and the people and the people of the prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And I would say that would be AD 70 and that would be Titus, the, the general. Roman General Titus, who led the armies and destroyed it. And its end will come with the flood. Even to the end, um, even to the end, there will be wars and desolations are determined. And he will make a covenant with the many for one week. Now we're, now we're talking about the, the Antichrist. See, there's no, there's no in between. There, there is a, Halt, because now these are things that has AD seventy has come. The temple was destroyed. There is a the clock has been stopped. But in the middle of the week, and we go straight into the tribulation here. So let's start stop right there and start talking about the rejection. And note that Gabriel says that nothing about how much time it's going to take between the where the clock stopped in the seven remaining years. We still have seven years left to fulfill. Okay, tracking seven more years yet to come, and that's what is in anticipation. And that seven years has to do not with the church. That seven years has to do with the completion of those 490 years that was set for Israel. So, in the Passion Week, know that the Messiah, the Prince, has not yet been cast out. During this, where we're talking about, and Jesus talking to him, he hasn't yet been cast out. Um, the people whom he speaks have no vision of the church age. They're looking at the fulfillment of this prophecy of Daniel here. Um, and Jesus is telling them uh, and teaching them about the kingdom and, and a prophet and prophecy. So let's look at the perspective. Matthew 22, 1 through 3. Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven 
may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast to his son. And he sent out slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. And um, Let's back up. No, let's stop with three, Eric. Just three. And then he sent out slaves and called those who were invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Stop right there. Okay. First of all, as we've noted, the Jewish wedding feast would last for a week. For And in that week, that's seven days. Uh, remember going back, if you read back in the wedding feast that Jacob had, or or Laban had for to give away his daughter Leah, and that or give his daughter away Rachel. He was supposed to marry Rachel, ended up with Leah. He uh, Jacob woke up. It was the week long celebration. Jacob wakes up with Leah, not Rachel. He's outraged, and and Laban said, "Finish out this week, finish out the wedding feast, and I'll also give you." Rachel. So um, that's just an example there. So a week generally, and you send out invitations to 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 people, and generally these were the people who could attend were pretty much dignitaries. They were landowners with servants and other people that could take care of their business while they were while they were partying for the week, while they were celebrating for the week. So if you were invited to a wedding, you just didn't go for an afternoon. This was a whole week that of festivities. Now, I don't know if that still still is in a Jewish um, Jewish wedding, but nonetheless. So here is the king. The king, get this. The king sends out his servants, goes out to all the all the land, go out and invite people in. Listen, you just got an invitation from the king. This is not just a buddy who's getting married and you, you you have to send him a, hey, I'm sorry, I just can't make it. i got too much to do. This is the king. And if the king is sending you an invitation, I can't see where there's any, <laughs> honey, you're going to have to get your dress. Well, I, I ain't got nothing to wear. Well, that don't matter. We're going to find something for you to wear. We're, we're, there's going to be no expense. You're going to go to this wedding. It would be an insult to the king, the high king of the land, the sovereignty of the land to say, hey, I just can't make it to your son's wedding. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, big guy, but, you know, um, you know, if it was another day, if it was another that, no, there's not going to be no excuse for that. So, um, so that, it just wouldn't happen. It cannot happen. Ooh, but it did. It did. And um, and so what what was the king's reaction? Now most kings got this. Most kings would say, well, "Off with their heads, go." He'd send out his people again, and they would make some arrests. They would cut off some heads. They were, and there would be people coming to his son's banquet at Spear Point, and they were. Did the king, did this king do this? Uh uh-uh, uh this king didn't do this. Let's go back to our passage here. So and he sent out his slaves to call those who were invited and the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out slaves saying, tell those who have been invited. 
they were already invited. They were invited the first time. They were going out to the same people. See, the king is patient. He loves his subjects. He sends them out again. He says, go on out. Tell them again. Tell them that I've prepared my dinner and my oxen and my fattened livestock and all's been butchered. Everything is ready. You're going to love this party. This is, you won't want to miss this party. He's, he essentially, the king is actually condescending himself to the subjects and almost begging them. I'd say really over that line of he's persuading them to come to this to this banquet. Alright, and so this reflects our Lord at the first advent. The message begins with John the Baptist. And his how what was the message of John the Baptist? Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It means it's right there. It's it's there for you. It's for the taken. And when Jesus' ministry began, what did he preach? Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the slaves in this point, in our view of Matthew, are the seventy, uh, are the are the disciples, and the seventy he sends out. In Luke chapter ten. He sends out the 70 out to, um, out to the land to, to, um, to, as he said, he said that the, um, he gives them the message to go out. He said that the, um, that the, uh, harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So he multiplies his efforts. He sends out the 70. In Matthew, he gives specific instructions and he sends out his disciples. They're, they're going to be the, the slaves at this point, but, um, these are the first time they get a chance to be apostles, the sent out ones. Here we go. Jesus summoned the twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother, and James, and the son of Je- Zebedee, the John, John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of, of Alphaeus, uh, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. Imagine these two being teamed up. Uh, the, 12 Je- the twelve Jesus sent out instructed them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles. And do not enter into any city of the Samaritan, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons, freely receive, freely give. Do not acquire gold, silver, copper for your money belts, or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals or staff. The worker is worthy of his support. And whatever the city, you, the village you enter, inquire worthy of it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is not worthy, give it your, uh, if the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it's not worthy, take back the blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you, nor in, heed your words as you go out to the house or at city, shake off the dusty feet. 
truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So what do we learn here? We learn here that he's sending them out and only to the lost sheep of Israel, not to Gentile, not to the Gentiles. The message of the kingdom went out to the sheep. But who responded? And in Matthew chapter 12, the leadership rejected. The leadership, the leaders rejected Jesus' message. In chapter 12, they they said that he was doing these these signs and these wonders through the power of the devil. And um, they demanded to Jesus, show us a sign who you are. They did not believe. They rejected him. They they cut him off. No way. And what 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 was the response to this? When we go to Genesis or Matthew 13, what happens? He begins to speak in parables. He begins to speak in and and this actually confuses the disciples. And um and notice also you read on it past thirteen thirteen on, you no longer hear about the the kingdom. That the kingdom is no longer at in at hand. Um and Matthew thirteen, this is the confusion of the the apostles or the disciples here. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak in parables? Jesus answered them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted. He's taking it away. It's no longer kingdom. the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not at your hand anymore. Uh-uh, it's been taken off the table. It's not granted. All right, been taken away. First chance here. They've rejected it. So now let's return back to the parable of the wedding feast. Matthew 22, 4. Again, he sent out slaves saying, tell those who have been invited. Behold, I have prepared a dinner. My oxen, my fattened livestock, all the butcher and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. And here's the grace and mercy of the king that's demonstrated. And so he sends out, once again, this is the second time. This is um, the, 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 he listens to his son. I see, I see in the background of the parable, you might, you might read about his son saying, Father, forgive them for they do not, they, they do not know what they are doing. Okay. But everything is prepared. They receive the forgiveness. They get a second shot at it. They get a second time. And in Matthew 22, 4, what happens? What what do they do the second time? And this time, it's the apostles. This time, it's the 12 apostles going out. They have been, um, Jesus has been, he had went to the cross. He had been buried, um, ascended into heaven. The apostles are laying down the foundation of church. Still, not to the world yet. The, they're not going out to the world yet, but they're still in um, in that geographical area, going out to the lost sheep of Israel. AD 70 had not happened yet. And this is some time away. This well, 40 years away. And so, they're still... Uh, the the twelve disciple the, the twelve apostles are the apostles to the um, 
to the lost sheep of Israel, while Paul is the one who is the apostle to the Gentiles. All right. And so, uh, and Matthew, okay. So Matthew 22, 4. Come back there. Again, they sent out other slaves to tell those who have been invited, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fattened livestock, all who have butchered and everything is ready, come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized the slaves and mistreated them and killed them. All right, this is, um, this is tantamount to the um, to the persecution of the, uh, the, the, the 12. Actually, uh, yeah, to 12. 12 were, sorry. I, I would include Matthias, Matthias in here as, as working with the apostle. They drew lot four in Acts 13 and then you have Paul. Um, and all of them died except for John. Uh, they were persecuted. They were, Executed except for John the ba- or not John the Baptist, John John the son of Je- Zebedee. He was the only one. Oh, he, he suffered, but he wasn't killed. He lived long enough to write the book of Revelation. So, at time the invitation was sweetened. The king sweetened the invitation. He said, "Here, everything's set up. Come on." He's again. He's he's um, persuading them to come. So. And there's time. And in and Psalm two, what's going to happen with the rejection? And Psalm two says, Now therefore, O king, show uh kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry and perish in his way, for the wrath his wrath may be soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him at Psalm 2. So, anyway, we'll finish, we're going to stop it right here. So what we've found so far is the fact that here's the king. He gives him two chances. He gives him, he sends out the 70. He sends out the, um, it is, uh, Jesus sends these out, the, the 70, and then he also sends out the 12 uh, throughout the throughout the land for that and there's the invitation and the message is the kingdom of heaven is at hand that ends that opportunity ends jesus begins speaking parables and then there's this after the cross there's that second opportunity that second opportunity for the apostles to go out and take that message out the message about christ the message about hey there's salvation You've been, you've, um, you've been saved. You've been redeemed. You, the door is open for you to receive Him. And, um, and once again, they are going to be, uh, once again, they will be, um, they will reject. And at that point, at AD 70, that was their last time. Their temple, the worship center would be destroyed. And now the message goes out to all the world. That's where we're going to pick up. And tomorrow, Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity um, to fellowship in your word this day. We pray, Heavenly Father, that the things that we've studied this morning, pray, Heavenly Father, that we continue to study, may it become anchored in our hearts. And we pray these things in Christ's name.
Amen. All right. Till tomorrow, stay motivated, Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord will and spirit guide. Wrap your pen We'll see you in the AM. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.